discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Lift up your right hands towards heaven. Father, we are grateful. We are thankful. Thank you for this opportunity that we have to be together like this, to hear your word. Thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. We are grateful. Just spend a minute just thanking God for this opportunity, for bringing you here to church this morning. Thank him. Give him glory. Give him praise. Father, we are grateful. Father, we are thankful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we give you glory. Father, thank you that your word proceeds with power this morning. And our hearts and our minds are transfigured and changed. Thank you for answers to every single challenge. And thank you for fruitfulness for all of us. Even in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a shout if you have a voice. Glory. I can't hear you. Give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. You may take your seats in heavenly places where you belong. I'm sharing with you on God's proof of love. Wow. Isn't it not powerful? God's proof of his love. God's proof of his love. You know, they say that if you love, if you, if you love someone, show the person. If someone says, I love you, and that's not show working, what do you think you will say? You will not be excited about it, isn't it? That's fake. If someone says he loves you, the person must show working. So God also proved his love for us by showing working. Hallelujah. Yes. God wanted everybody to know how much he loves them. And so he did something that nobody would do on a normal day. Do you see? Someone will say, a guy will say to a lady, I love you so much. I don't know what I'll do without you. Someone said to a girl, take my hat. And I'll run on batteries. Take my hat. And I'll run on solar panels. Ask your neighbor, what have you said before? What have you said before? What have you said before? You'll be surprised when you are in love and it has really, it's really in your heart. You will say some things. You will say what you are not supposed to say. Is it not true? Oh, yes. Hallelujah. So, look at Romans chapter 5. Let's look at Romans chapter 5, verse 8. The Bible says that, But God commended his love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God commends his love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, while we were not correct, while we were not okay. Mama Vivian, you are welcome. It's good to see you. While you were not correct, whilst you were not 
good enough. God demonstrates his love to us as, whilst we were not correct. Look at the Amplified. The Amplified says God demonstrates. He uses the word demonstrates. It says God shows and clearly proves. Okay, it's not this one. He clearly proves his own love for us. This is how God proved his love for us. By the fact that while we were still sinners, while we were not correct, Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, died for us. So Jesus did not die for Christians. Can you imagine that Jesus did not die for Christians? Jesus died for the world, full of sinners. And those who receive him and accept him are the ones who become Christians. So actually, God did not send Jesus to come and die for good people. If you feel you are not a good person, you are the reason why Jesus came. Yes. You are the one God loved and God liked. You are the one God preferred and sent his son to come and come and die for. Do you see? So God loves you. Tell me about God loves you. Whether you are born again or not. God proves his love. You know, God proves his love to us by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to come and die. One of the famous scriptures in the Bible is John 3.16, isn't it? The Bible says that for God so loved the world. God didn't love the world of trees or of schools or of what? Of lakes and stars. It's not the lakes and stars that God likes. God loves the human beings who are in the, in the world. Yes. For God so loved the human beings who are in the world that he gave his only begotten son. This is the proof of God's love. If you are in love, you give your best. God gave his best. If someone says he loves you and is not giving you his best, I mean, there's something wrong. If a lady says she loves you and is not giving you her best, there's something wrong. Hey! If someone says he loves you and is not marrying you, it's been five years, he's not marrying you. It's a very serious something. You need to, you need to think about it. Yesterday I was talking to somebody and I was telling her, this guy has said he, he loves you for the last nine years. Nine years. Every time. It's like he's coming. He's going. I'm coming to marry you. I'll see you later. We'll talk about it some other time. One year will pass. Then, oh, let's see what will happen again. Like, I mean, it's been, the guy has been doing that for the past nine years. So I told that my sister, I think you should move on. I think you should move on. He's a liar. If you are in love, you will show something. Yes, yeah, show working. So God showed working by giving his son, Jesus Christ, his best. How many of you will give your son to prove to your lover that you love the person? I mean, you will not do that. Or how many of you will give your, your only car that you use to your girlfriend that you love her so much she should drive and you will walk? I mean, I know that some people can do that. I mean, some people have done that already. It's amazing, oh. When love sends you, you can't say you won't go. Hey! So the Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, whosoever, it's, a, it's an open check. Anyone who is interested, okay, who believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So this morning, God is just introducing his love once again to you to let you know how much he loves you. God has set this banquet and this feast there for you to know how much he loves you and how much he would give everything up for you. He gave his best. If you want to know the price of a thing, you check the tag 
on it, isn't it? Yes. The tag that comes with your life is Jesus' blood. Yes. That's how expensive you are. That's how valuable you are to God. That is how much God thinks you are worth. So don't think that you are not worth anything. God thinks that you are worth something. And he thinks that you are worth as much as the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. If you look at 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, there's John 3, 16, and then there's 1 John 3, 16 as well. He says, hereby perceive we or know the love of God. By this we know the love of God. Because he laid down his life for us. This is how we know. Because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. We know that God loves us by how he laid down his life for us. Jesus is God. And he came to lay down his life for you. Just so that you know how much he loves you. And know how much he cares for you. Tell your neighbor God loves you. God is not, tell your neighbor, God is not after you to destroy you or to kill you. He's after you to love you, to bring you close, to treat you well. Yeah. A lot of people think that God, God, is, God is a very complex person and it's not good. You know? But this morning, I want to show you a few things in the scriptures that I believe will help you. Okay? The first thing I want to show you is that Christ, Jesus actually died for sinners. So if you, are, if you realize you are not good, you are, you are a sinner, then you should know that you are the reason why Jesus came. Okay? Look at Mark chapter 2, verse 15. So don't let your sin prevent you from receiving God's love. For some, their sins are too many. They feel that their sins are too many. Do you see? They feel that they are not good at all. Like they feel that they are very bad. Wild sins. You've killed 20 people. I mean, one of those, I remember in uh, our church at Asapo, one guy walked into church who had killed 300 people. Am I like, it's 300, right? Ritual killing. They were into ritual killing. Yes, so they had, he had killed, he had been part of killing about 300 people. Wow. Yeah, and Jesus' blood was good enough for him. Yeah. Yes. Jesus' blood was good enough for him. He got born again. One guy was also sitting in a bus. If you remember, one of our brothers was with him in the bus. They were from Kumasi to Accra. And then he shared the word of God with him. No, no, the guy was an Amrabah. He was a transnational transnational West African arm robber. And the guy didn't know. Our brother didn't know. He was just sharing the word of God with him. And when he got to uh, one of these stops, the guy got down. No, no, he had a gun on him in the bus. Yes. And got down and threw the gun away. Showed the gun to him that I'm actually an arm robber. And I'm actually coming from Ivory Coast. We've done some operations in Ivory Coast. And I'm on my way back to Nigeria. Where I, where, where I stay. But because of the things you have shared with me, now I know that Jesus likes me. Now I know that God likes me. God does not hate me. I know I've done many bad things, but God does not hate me. So I want to receive this Jesus Christ into my life. And I'm, I'm, I'm changing. I'm throwing the gun away. Every gun I have in my home, when I, go, when I get to my home, burn everything. And he changed. He got born again. That is, God's love is for everybody. It's for everybody. 
Can you imagine? Yeah. Because some people feel they are too bad. Too bad. We are too bad. We have done so. I'm going to show you everything. Every category you can think about is inside. And I'm going to show uh, the, the purpose of this message is to show you the various categories of people that Jesus died for. Yes. Look at this. It's Mark 2.15. And it came to pass that as Jesus sat at meat in his house. Jesus was in his household. This is Jesus. This is God. You know Jesus is God? So Jesus, God is in his house having a meal. And as he's having a meal, the Bible says that many publicans and sinners, we don't understand, can you show us lighter, maybe Bible in basic English, yes, Bible in basic English or passion or something, so that it's easy for all of us to understand. It says, and it came, to, and it came about that he was seated at, at meat in his house, and a number of tax farmers and sinners, they were tax farmers, eh? <laughs> Wicked people. Uh, this is what? TPT. Yeah. Among the guests at Levi's home were many tax collectors and notable sinners. Notable what? Sinners. Sharing a meal with Jesus. For there were many kinds of people who followed him, including notable sinners. Yes. But Shashi Wo. There were slave queens behind around Jesus. There were scammers around Jesus. There were weeites around Jesus. There were shisha, shisha, shishites, and buzites and hookup, hookupites. So it doesn't matter what category you fall. Tell your neighbor, it doesn't matter what category you fall in. Ask your neighbor, I don't know what you are doing. Or what you have done. But know that Jesus loves you. Know that God loves you. That is why Jesus came. Look at this. Notable sinners sharing a meal with Jesus. He was having a very nice meal with them. Yes. Look at the next verse 16. But when the religious scholars, you know, they are religious people who say that sinners are not allowed. They can put it on the church. Sinners are not allowed. But Jesus is not like that. The Jesus we know is not. It says, but when the religious scholars and the Pharisees found out that Jesus was keeping company and dining with sinners and tax collectors, the tax collectors were the scammers of the day. I'll show you very soon. Are you in the church? They were, they were indignant or they were angry. So they approached Jesus' disciples and said to them, why is it that Someone like Jesus defiles himself by eating with sinners and tax collectors. Why? They were angry with God for accepting sinners. They were angry with God for accepting people who are not correct. They were angry with God. The religious guys or the pastors, the pastors, the bishops, they were not happy with Jesus at all. They were saying things. But look at what Jesus said. Look at Jesus' answer. But when Jesus overheard their complaint, he said to them, who goes to the doctor for a cure? Those who are well or those who are sick? What's the answer? Then he says, I have not come to call the righteous, but to call those who are sinners and bring them to repentance. I did not come for those who are okay. 
I came for those who are not correct. So if you feel you are not correct, you are the one, you are the reason why Jesus came. God commends his love to us by giving us Jesus for those who are not correct. No matter what the religious people think, God likes the company of sin. He doesn't like it when a sinner dies, someone who is in sin. God doesn't want you to go to hell. Hell was not made for human beings. Jesus himself said, says that, that hell was not made for men. It was made for the devil and his angels. And the devil wants human beings to join him in hell. He's pushing every, every way, every way he can find to make sure that people are in hell with him. But God doesn't want you to be in hell. God wants you to be with him in heaven. In 2 Peter chapter 2, Peter mentions how that God does not take pleasure. Okay? The reason why God is God does not send Jesus back to come and, you know, to, to come back to the world and all of those things is so that everyone who is not correct will be saved. So God does not want you to perish. You see? Second Peter 3 9. Let's read a lighter version as much as possible. The Lord is not slow in keeping his word as he seems to, to some. You know, some people think that, oh, God is not. I mean, God has said that he's coming. Jesus says he's coming. I'm coming soon. Soon, 2,000 years. The reason why he has not come is because of you. It's because of you, the wrong person, the one who is not correct. You are the reason why he has not come. Because he doesn't want to come for you to be, to have difficulty. He knows that if you should come today, you may not qualify. He knows. So he says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his word as he seems to some, but he's waiting in mercy for you. Not desiring the distraction of any, but that all may turn from their evil ways. Can you see it? So it is his love. It is part of his love. He's demonstrating his love by not coming. So that you can be saved. Let's read his English. Okay, he says, the Lord is not being slow to do what he has promised to do. Some people think that he is being slow to do it. But instead, he is being patient with you. With you people. With us people. He wants all people to turn away from wrong things because they have decided to obey him. Have you seen it? God wants you to obey his word. Obey what? Obey his word concerning his son. The only thing that takes people to hell is not receiving Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior. If you don't receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior... You are going to go to hell. John 3. We just read, read John 3, 16. Verse 17. Look at verse 17. John 3, 17. You've read John 3, 16, uh, but you don't know John 3, 17. Today I want to show you John 3, 17. It says, God did not send his son into the world to be, the, to be judge of the world. Can you imagine? God did not send his son into the world to judge you. He sent him so that the world might have salvation through him. That's why he came. So that we will have salvation through him. Do you see? So Jesus is calling you. God is calling you to salvation this morning. That be born again. Give your life to God. Look at the next verse. The only, that's the, the only thing that qualifies. It says, the man who has faith in him does not come to be judged. Come up to be judged. The one who believes in him does not come up to be judged or is not condemned. But he who has no faith in him has been judged even now. Because he has no faith in the name of the only son of God. The one who does not believe in him is condemned. Let's read the King James. 
Look at the King James. He that believeth on him is not condemned. The one who believes in Jesus Christ is not condemned or is not judged. Okay? But he that believeth not is condemned or judged already. Why? Why is the person judged or condemned already or condemned to hell already? Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. He didn't say because he's sinning. He says because he has not believed in the only begotten Son of God. When you believe in the, only be- name, of the, the, the name of the only begotten Son of God, change comes to you. And the things that have been worrying you will all live your life. So God is calling you. Tell me about God is calling you. Tell the other neighbor, God is calling you to respond to his love. Tell your neighbor behind you, God is calling you to respond to his love. Hallelujah. Hmm. So don't let your sin prevent you from receiving God's love. Who is God's love? Jesus Christ is God's love, isn't it? Don't let sin prevent you from receiving God's love. Why? Because God sent Jesus Christ to come and take care of sin. So if you think you are a sinner, the reason why Jesus came is so that your sin will be taken care of. So that you will be taken care of. That is why he came. Look at Romans 4.25. 4.25, Romans chapter 4 verse 25. Let's read a, a lighter version. He's talking about Jesus. And he says that Jesus was put to death for our evil doing. The reason why Jesus was killed was because of our evil doing. Have you seen it? And he came to life again so that we might have righteousness. Jesus was put to death because of our evil doing. So if you know you've done something wrong and you think that that wrong thing is supposed, is, is, is not, God is not happy with it. I'm here to tell you that God is not happy with what you did, but he has a solution to what you did. Yes. The solution is Jesus Christ. If you reject what Jesus, God is doing for you through Jesus, there's no hope anywhere else. Nobody can take care of anything with respect to sin apart from Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So number one group that Jesus came to die for. We are, everybody uh, was a sinner. When you get born again, you, you become a, the righteous son of God, isn't it? Now, I want to show you different groups of people Jesus came to die for. Can I show it to you? Jesus saved, number one, Jesus saved Zacchaeus, a scammer. Zacchaeus was a scammer in his day. Yes. So if you're a scammer today, Jesus came to die for you. Yes. Luke chapter, you are in Luke chapter 19, verse 1. You are right there in Luke chapter 19, from verse 1. You are there. Your name is there. And Jesus went to Jericho, and when he was going through it, a man named Zacchaeus, who was the chief tax farmer, a man of wealth, made an attempt to get a view of Jesus and was not able to do so because of the people. For he was a small man. He was a short guy. Smallish guy. But he was a wild guy. He was a major scammer, I tell you. Look at the next verse. And he, he was a chairman, yes. He was a chairman. <laughs> and he went quickly in front of them and got up into a tree to see him. For he was going that way. He went into a tree. Scammer, top scammer, wealthy man, standing in a tree, looking at Jesus. And he went quickly in front of him. And when Jesus came to the place, looking up, he said to him, Zacchaeus, be quick and come down, for I am coming to your house today. Today Jesus says that he's coming to your house. I mean, how many, how many pastors will go to the house of a scammer? Or the house of a ritualist? But Jesus went to the guy's house. Can you, can, you, can you imagine? 
if you're a pastor, decide to go to certain people's houses. Yeah. And share the gospel with them. And don't say, these people, they are all going to hell. God does not want anybody to go to hell. Yes. He does not desire for anyone to go to hell. Do you see? Next verse, verse, verse 6. And he came down quickly and took him into his house with joy. He was excited. And when they saw it, when who saw it? The Pharisees, the religious guys. When they saw it, they were all angry saying, he has gone into the house of a sinner. Because this guy was a notable sinner. He was one of the notable sinners. Everybody knows what kind of a person he is. Everybody knows that he's not correct. Now, I'm not talking about a Christian who has become some whale. I'm talking about people who are not correct. Do you understand? Original sinner. Senior. Notable. And this guy was one of them. Everybody knew. Everybody, you will see. Look at the next verse. And Zacchaeus waiting before him said to the Lord, See. So Zacchaeus started repenting because Jesus had, he had allowed Jesus to come into his heart. The way for you to stop sinning is to allow Jesus to come into your heart. If you want to change before you come to Jesus, brother, you have a very long way. It will never happen. It will never happen. You can't change before meeting Jesus. And that's what a lot of religious people have told us. That you need to change before God can. God will like you. But today I'm telling you that God likes you in the midst of your challenges. Wow. And he, it is his presence in your life that changes you. And makes you correct. Do you see? When Jesus came into Zacchaeus' house, Zacchaeus changed. And Zacchaeus waiting before him said to the Lord, See, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. Then he says, and if I have taken anything from anyone wrongly, because that was what he was doing. That was what he was doing. He was taking things from people wrongly. Like a Yahoo boy. Yahoo, Yahoo. Like a scammer. Yes, he was a scammer. The way for the scamming to live your life. Yes, is to accept Jesus Christ. If I have taken anything from anyone wrongly, I give him back four times as much. That shows you how much money he had. Because well, he had stolen a lot of money. Maybe you are into politics here and you are into stealing money today. Jesus. Jesus has come for you. All you need to do is to receive him into your life. If you receive Jesus into your life, the change will start. The change will start. Zacchaeus, all Zacchaeus needed to do was to open Jesus's, open the door to Jesus. When Jesus requested to come into his life, he didn't say no. He opened his door. Today, God is asking, Jesus is asking, through me, through all of us who have organized for you to be here, open the door. If you open the door, he will come in. Jesus said, behold, Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, he says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. I'm knocking at your door. God is knocking at your door, right? He doesn't want you to spend eternity in hell. He wants you to spend eternity with him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hmm? See, I am waiting at the door and giving the sign. If my voice comes to any man's ears and he makes the door open, I will come into him and I will take food with him and he with me. Just like Zacchaeus' experience. I'll come and come and eat in your house. God wants to come to your house. He wants to be in your heart today. If you receive him, if you hear his voice and receive him, your life will change forever. Let me show you the second group. Can I show you the second group? Jesus saved a slave queen. If you're a slave queen, Jesus came for you. That's the next group. 
These are specialized groups in the Bible. The Bible shows it clearly. A, sla- a typical slave queen. If you're a slave queen here, today, you have five men that you are dating. You are managing everyone. You're a young girl, and your boyfriend is 40 years older than you. Or 25 years older than you. Someone's husband. And you are you have hooked on. Don't worry, you're also in the Bible. Jesus came for you. Are you listening to me? Jesus came. I'm serious. Jesus came for you. Yes. Jesus came for you. John chapter 4. Look at John chapter 4 from verse 1. Wherefore, wherefore, it says, When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized many disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized, but not. Go to verse 4 so that we can read more. He says, Jesus must needs go through Samaria. Next verse. Bibi, we don't understand the King James. So he came to a town of Samaria. Jesus came to this new town, which was named Sychar, near to the bit of land which Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Now Jacob's fountain was there. Jesus, being tired after his journey, was resting by the fountain. It was about the sixth hour, which is about 12 p.m. in the day, in the afternoon. A woman of Samaria came to get water. And Jesus said to her, give me some water. Now, this woman was a very wild woman, I tell you. Serious slave queen. She was so much of a slave queen and, and to the point that she couldn't go to, because you don't fetch water in the afternoon. You fetch, they fetch water from dawn. So early morning, around 6 a.m., 7 a.m. So they can do all the things they need to do. She waited for everybody to go to the water and everybody to clear off before she goes. Because if she goes early in the morning, she'll be attacked. Because she was known in the town for notable sinner, known for taking people's husbands or for hooking on to people's husbands. Do you see? Go to verse 16. You'll see Jesus talking about it. Jesus was talking to her. And then Jesus said to her, go and get, she was asking for living water from Jesus. And Jesus said, go and get your husband and come back here with him. Then I'll give you the living water. Then she answered. In answer, the woman said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have said rightly. Jesus was a prophet. was prophesying to the lady. You have said rightly, I have no husband. Then he said to him, you have had five husbands. You have had what? Five. five husbands. And the man you have now, the one you slept by today, and you have come here to come and fetch the water, is not your husband. Then he said, that was truly said. This is a major slave queen. Major slave queen that everybody was afraid of. If you see her passing by, they hide your husbands. Maybe you trust in your bottoms and your breasts and your hip size and everything. And especially someone said, someone said her bottoms has earned her more than her degree has earned her in her life. Yes. Her bottoms. More, there's more than a degree. Yeah. It's in a news article last this week. It was in a news article. One of these actresses. She said what her bottoms have gotten her is more than her academic degree has gotten her. So maybe you are into that as well. You are the one Jesus is talking to right now. Jesus says, I'm knocking at your door. I'm knocking at your door. Yes. You have had five husbands. And the man you have now is not your husband. Do you see? Yeah. 
Jesus spoke to her. She got born again. She received the Lord into her life. And the Bible says that she went back to go and call the, the men in the city. Her weakness, her weak points became her strong points. Yes. If you read down, you see it. She went into the city and spoke to all the men and brought all the men in the city to come and hear Jesus. Hmm? Then the woman put down her water pot and went into the town and said to the people. This one says, and said to the people. Go back. Go to verse 28. Let's read King James. The King James will say, he went to the and said to the men. Have you seen it? The woman then left the water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men. To the men. The men who were a problem for her. When she changed, when she came to Christ, everything about her changed. Yes. Everything about her changed. So today God wants to change your life forever. God changed my life some years ago. I was a very bad boy. Yes, I was a very stubborn boy. I was an area boy. It's just by grace that I didn't smoke weed. One day, someone, one of the bad boys who were around almost raped me. Yes. A guy. Almost. Yes. He put his pee-pee in my bottles. Yes. Almost. Almost. Yes. That guy is in prison now. Very stubborn. And I could, be, I could have been in prison by now. Very stubborn guy. And we were, we, were, we were stubborn together. Yeah. He was just about two years older than me. Yeah. Today I'm standing here preaching to you. Yes. It's because I allowed Jesus to come into my heart. He just changed my life completely. Yes, changed my life completely. He changed the direction, the path of my life completely. And he will do the same for you. If you open the door. You can change from being a slave queen to being the number one winner of the souls of men. All around the world. Jesus is calling you today. Hallelujah. Number three group. Jesus saved an adulterer. Maybe you're a master fornicator or a master adulterer. You know an adulterer? Someone who is married and is sleeping with other people who are not married to him or her. Yeah. I mean, you would think that Jesus would just throw this person away. In John chapter 8, someone was brought to Jesus. Now, this is not a man caught in adultery. This is a woman caught in adultery. That's very wild. We know that men have sexual problems. I nearly said, ask the closest guy by you. Do you have sexual problems? But I will not ask. It's okay. Or else it will be a problem. Yeah. John chapter 8 verse 3. This woman was caught in the act. In the act. The people knew what she was doing. They knew what she was doing. And they timed her. They timed her. Whilst the action was going on, they came in. Yes, in progress. Eh? It says, now the scribes and Pharisees came with the woman who had been taken in the act of sinning against the married relation. In the act. She was acting it out. Maybe you act, you act it, you stop watching porn, you now act the porn. You are now acting it. Some of our parents don't know what is happening in the universities. They know not. They don't understand I had a mother accusing me of something. 
you know, insulting me that why is the daughter in church, whatever, saying so many things. She didn't know her daughter. She know not. So I decided, the way she was insulting me, it was very painful for me. So I decided to open, you know, there's pastoral discretion, so you're not supposed to say what is said to you. But I decided to say to, to the woman, mm. say some things to the woman. So I mentioned one, two, one, 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 two, three. Mm. She kept quiet on the phone and started apologizing. Because yeah, she didn't know her daughter. Yeah. She didn't know her daughter at all. Most, most mothers and fathers don't know. They don't know you have three personalities. You have one, three. You have three personalities. One at home, one in class, and another one when you're, on your, when you're in your house, when you're, when you're in the hostel. They don't know. Maybe you have three personalities. This woman was pretending in front of her husband and was doing something else somewhere. Yeah. In the very act. In the very act. Yes. Adulterer. Senior adulterer. Maybe you have, you're a senior adulterer or a senior fornicator. I mean, you don't have, you don't have big men. You don't sleep with big men, but it's just fun. Like sex is fun. Just, just, let's just. You are cohabiting. You are boys in the room. One day, we, we, some, some of our church members went to knock on the door of a, hostel door of a lady. When they knocked on the door, it was a guy that was in there. And the guy, the guy's shirt was not, I mean, he was, he was wearing boxer shorts and his shirt was off. This is, this is just some few months ago, eh? Yes. And the guy, when the guy came, I said, oh, she's, she's gone to class. The guy has gone to class. I mean, they are, they are cohabiting. Yeah? Everything is fine. These days, we have two, I mean, two ladies in a room, and they have two guys in the room with them. Do you understand? Everybody has their boy in their room, and one-to-one mapping. They are happy. Everything is okay. This one is doing this. Am I lying or am I, I'm telling the truth? Our fathers and mothers, they don't know these things. They don't know. They don't understand. They don't know. Yeah. These are the things we are dealing with. Yeah. It'll be, it's just fun. You have seen them doing this in school, you are doing some. You've lost, you've lost your touch with Jesus. You've lost your touch. Today, Jesus is calling you, I tell you. Yes. Jesus is calling you. Jesus' hands are stretched to you. Come. Yeah. They came accusing her and saying that Moses' law says that we should stone this woman to death. Because that's the reward. That is what happens when you do those things. It says, we have to stone her to death. And now in the law, Moses gave directions that such women were to be stoned. What do you say about it? They were asking Jesus, what do you say about it? We just caught her and brought her. What do you say? This is a, an adulterer caught in the act. What do you say? Jesus who is God and Jesus who is the proof of God's love to humanity didn't say anything. He went to the ground and started writing with his fingers. I believe he was writing the sins of those who were accusing the woman. That's, how I, that's what I believe. I believe he was writing you know, because he told them, the one who is without sin, let him be the first person to cast the stone against the woman. And then he started writing on the floor. I believe that he wrote the first person's name. Kojo say, your head like Chichinga. Last night, what were you doing with Yabrifikoto? That's, that's what I believe. I believe he was just writing. And then, Kofi, whatever, would just put the stone down and go away. The Bible says, uh, he went down and he was just writing letters. I believe he was writing their sins to them. Showing them their history. Look at the next verse. Verse, verse 9. Verse 9. And when his words came to their ears, they went out one by one. Starting with the oldest even to the last. Because they were conscious of what was in their hearts. I believe he was writing what was in their hearts. He was writing it. Some of them had desired to sleep with that lady. That woman who was... They, they had desired it. 
it was in their hearts. Charlie, when they went to see how the woman was moving, they realized that mm, this would be very nice. Yeah, and it was in their hearts, and they had brought her to Jesus to 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 to, to judge. Yeah. Yes, the try they didn't get. They were conscious of what was in their hearts, and Jesus was there by himself with the woman before him. Everybody left. And look at what Jesus said. Look at what Jesus said. Then Jesus got up and seeing nobody but the woman, he said to her, Where are the men who said things against you? Did no one give a decision against you? And he said, and she said, No man, Lord. I mean, she had changed. The fact that she's calling Jesus Lord means that she had changed. No man, Lord. And Jesus said, And I do not give a decision against you. Go and never do wrong again. I do not give a decision against you. Let, let's read the King James. The King James says it's nicer. Look at the King James. She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn you. I don't condemn. Neither do I. So God is not interested in condemning you. He's interested in saving you and helping. That's all. That's why I'm still talking. Yes. Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. So God is not judging you. He wants you to receive salvation. He wants you to receive his gift of eternal life. To receive the gift of his son today. So that your life can start on a different journey. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number four, group. You like the groups? Jesus saved the murderer. Maybe you have done abortions. Abortion is murdering. Have you done abortion before? You feel that because you have done an abortion, you are not qualified. When it comes to those who are going to heaven, you are not part of it. When it comes to those who can receive salvation, you are not part of it. You may have done, you know, one, one, lady, one lady who came to church some time ago. We led her to Christ and all of that. She became okay. She had done six abortions, no, seven abortions already. When she got born again after some time, you know, she wasn't coming to church for some time, so the devil started talking to her. And then that's why you need to come to church consistently. Yeah. When you get the born again experience, it's like the door. If you come into this place and you stay at the door, you will not be comfortable. There's a chest designed for you to come and sit on, for you to relax and have your own space. There's also a chair in the house of God, God has designed for you that you need to sit on consistently. Every Sunday you must be there. Every Wednesday you must be there. Every meeting you must be there. Because it's those who are planted that will flourish. If you read in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 2, the Bible says that being, that, let's look at it, 1 Peter 2 2. As newborn babes, this is what happens when you become born again. As newborn babies, desire the sincere milk of the world so that you may grow thereby. There's no child who is born, there's no baby who is born that takes care of itself. It's only Kiriku. I don't know if you know Kiriku. Kiriku is the only one who took care of himself when he got born. I mean, he, didn't, he, didn't, he wasn't born. He came out on his own. He walked out of the womb. <laughs> now, it's only, I don't know if you are Kiriku in the spirit. But when you get born again, you need to be taken care of. You need to be cared for. Do you see? Oh, the devil, because the devil doesn't like that you have decided to give your life to Christ. Yes. But you need to be taken care of. It says, as newborn babes, desire the sincere monk of the word so that you may grow thereby. Without the word of God coming to you continuously, you will not grow as you're supposed to. And this girl was not exposing herself. She had gotten born again. She had come once, twice, thrice, and then she started doing like this. Come see, come sir. Do you see? 
She was there in her, in, her, in her room one of those days and the devil started talking to her. Are you sure you will give birth? Are you sure you ever give birth? In your, you've done seven already. Are you sure you will give birth? I'm not sure you will give birth. Started talking to her. You know, when you start hearing those things, you must talk to your pastor. That's why you need a pastor in your life. A pastor will show you. A pastor helps you to hear the voice of God well. Do you get it? Samuel was being called by God in 1 Samuel chapter 2. And he didn't know it was God. So he, he, he was asking. He went to ask his pastor. That was what Samuel did. Samuel went straight to his pastor to go and ask. Did you call me? The pastor said, no, I didn't call you. Eli was his pastor. And God called him a second time and he went back again. Then the pastor realized that it was God who was calling him. You, see, you will not know whether it is God who is talking to you or the devil who is talking to you. That girl should have called her pastor to say, Pastor, this is what is coming into my mind. What, what is going on? What do you think I should do? But she didn't call anybody. She was there in her room, struggling with the voice of the devil on her own. And the devil was talking to her. I don't think you will give birth. I don't think you will give birth. What I was saying in 1 Samuel chapter 3, rather, verse 4. And the Lord called Samuel and he answered, Here am I. Okay, blah, blah. Hmm. Talking to her. Talking to her. So she decided to check if she can get pregnant again. Can you imagine? She decided to what? Check. To check if she can get pregnant. Yeah. So she went to have sex again. And had sex till she conceived. Yes. And when she conceived, she realized she can conceive. And then she went to abort again. Yes. Can you imagine? <laughs> that is why you need to be planted in the house of God. If you are not planted in the house of God, you see, you will not grow. Some people say, oh, with this, this Christianity thing, it doesn't work. You've not, you've not been going to church. You've not stabilized yourself in the house of God. Because those who stabilize themselves in the house of God will grow. Psalm 92, verse 12. Those who stabilize themselves in the house of God will definitely grow. If you don't stabilize, you do church once every two months. Or once every six months. Or once every, every year. Easter, 31st, Christmas. That does not work. How many of you grew by eating once every six months? No. He says, as newborn babies, desire the sincere milk of the word, so that you may grow thereby. It is continuous breastfeeding of a child that makes a child grow. You need to be breastfed continuously and fed and fed and fed and fed and here and here and here so that you can become what God wants you to become. That's how it works. It's not a one-time thing. It's a consistent something. And if you don't do that, you realize that you are not growing. And you criticize God, you end up doing a lot of things you, don't, you didn't plan on doing. Do you get it? And you end up destroying your life by yourself with your own hands. Okay? Let me show you to you. Psalm 92 verse 12. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. When you get born again, you become the righteousness of God. He says, all the righteous ones shall flourish like a palm tree. A palm tree is useful. Everything about a palm tree is useful, isn't it? He says, he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. The cedar of Lebanon is the strongest tree ever. Then he says, those that be planted in the house of God. See, out of the righteous ones, it is those who are planted in the house of the Lord. Everybody is supposed to flourish and be like the cedar of Lebanon. But a cedar of Lebanon that is uprooted will never grow. A palm tree that is uprooted will never grow. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. So your flourishing is dependent on where you are planted. If you are planted in the house of God, in the courts of God, you will flourish. 
you become what God wants you to become. If you listen to the word of God that is coming consistently, you will grow well. You will grow well. And you will become what God. You will get the correct husband you want to get. Some of the ladies are looking for a good husband. You don't find a good husband on the roadside. Neither do you find it in the house of God. You find it in Christ, in God. Because not everybody in the house of God is correct. And you need a personal relationship with God in order to find a good husband. You need a personal relationship with God in order to find a good wife. You need a personal relationship with God in order to have, a, have what God wants to have. What is the use of your life if you are going to be chasing money, chasing whatever, chasing this, chasing that, all your life, and then you die and go? Jesus said, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. You think life is just about getting BMW and being the richest man on earth? What about after this place? This place is good. God says, seek me and I'll give you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things that everybody else is chasing will be added to you. By God's grace, I'm not poor. By the grace of God, I'm not poor. By seeking God, God has made me rich. What my mates are looking for, I have. By the grace of God, by following the Lord. Not because I'm a pastor, but by just being a Christian and reading my Bible. Every child of God needs that. Or else the devil keeps speaking to you and you will change completely with time. You will change. You will change. You will change. Your strength as a child of God will keep reducing because you are not appearing before God. Psalm 84 verse 7. Look at Psalm 84 verse 7. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeared before God. Even though we are in Zion, we must appear before God. You must appear all the time. Every Sunday you must appear in the house of God. Every Wednesday you must appear before the house, in the house of God. So that you go from strength to strength. There are those in Zion who go from weakness to weakness. And weakness to weakness. And weakness to weakness. Their faith is challenged. The devil can talk to them and say things to them. It's important. Don't just be around. You know, one sister. One, I mean, two stories. Can I tell you two stories? These are two people, two people I have pastored. Two people. Who are not taking the word of God seriously. One of them left the house of God for two years, three years. Went into scamming. He was in church, but it's like the money was not coming the way he wanted it to come. So he decided to leave. And he left for three years. During the three year period, he was scamming. It was not working the way he wanted it to. So he needed to add some juju to it. And a friend, a scammer friend told him that oh, there's somebody in the north they can see. And they went into the north. We, the story I'm telling you, we buried him last two weeks. Saturday. Yes, we buried him last two weeks. Or was it last? No, last week, Saturday. Yes. When, when I was doing the camp here, he was being buried. I sent for him to be buried. Yeah. 27-year-old boy. He went into scamming, needed juju to add, so he added it to it. I'm not telling you a, a story. I'm telling you something that really happened. Yeah. And they took him to the north. They told that the, 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 the fetish priest told them they should bring two fowls. So he and a friend. And then he did some incantations and told them they should go. And that he would call for them later. Not knowing his friend had gone back to the fetish priest. Apparently, his friend was going to sacrifice him without this idea. Yes, his knowledge. When he went back, took the fowl, that was him. You know, the, the incantation they did was to, he was to, he brought their souls into the fowls. And the fetish priest gave him the fowl, the other fowl, brought it back to Accra, killed the fowl, fried the fowl, and then did chicken stew with it. And invited a friend. A friend, they were all in the same house. So the guy was asleep when the food got ready. And he told him, oh, this is your food. We've all eaten our own. It's yours. 
And the guy ate, he ate the chicken wing and the chicken thigh. He didn't know he was eating his own hands and his own thighs and, you know, right side. His liver started failing. Yeah, kidneys failing, whatever. The guy pooped his intestines before he died. There are videos too if you want to see that I can show it to you. Yeah, he pooped his intestines. So you can be a child of God and just die like a chicken like this boy. If you don't plant yourself and stay in the house of God. A lot of people are sitting, you know, you come to church once in a long time. The Lord is talking to you. This is the first story. We buried him. When he was dying, he was crying and saying that, why, can, how, why did you feed, my, feed, my flesh to, feed me my own flesh? It was mentioned a friend's name. Why did you feed me my own flesh? Why did you do that? So even though he's born again, he's going to heaven, but he has died an untimely death because he did not stay in the house of God. He was do, doing this with God. Today he will come. Tomorrow he will not come. It's like he's taking the word of God serious. He's, take, he's not taking the word of God serious. Gradually, before you realize, he's not around. The second story is another lady. Most of you may know her. She was in the house of God. Everything was fine. We are all going. She decided to take matters into her own hands and do whatever she wanted to do. Yeah. She got pregnant. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. I didn't know. Her pastors didn't know. Nobody knew. She intended to give birth without anybody knowing. On the birth, on the theater table when she was giving birth, they decided to, the baby was not coming. This is someone I've known for 10 years. The baby was not coming out. She pushed, pushed, the baby was not coming out. And then they had to rush her to the theater to do a CS. When they finished the CS, she was not waking up. Yeah, she was not waking up. She went to coma for three weeks. That was when they called me. Pastor, this is what has happened. Can you come and pray for her? So I went to pray for her. She came back out of the coma. But now she cannot see. She cannot hear. She cannot raise her neck. If you lift her neck, she, her neck will go like this. She cannot walk. She can't do a lot of things. She, you, you, she can't talk to you. you she can't do nothing. She's like a vegetable sitting there. Why? Because she did not appear in the house of God. You have to be careful. All those of you who are into doing this with God. It's like being in the house of God is a bother. You don't know what the devil has planned for you. The devil wants to kill you. He wants to steal you, kill you, and destroy you. That's his job. He wants to, to destroy your life completely. Stay in the house of God. They, are, they go from strength to strength. Everyone that appears before the Lord. You want your strength to go higher? Appear before God consistently. Hallelujah. The faith group. Good people. Number one is what? Scammers. Number two is what? Slay queens. Number three is adulteress. Number four is murderers. I didn't talk about the murderers, isn't it? Yeah, First Timothy chapter 1 verse 15. Paul said, look at First Timothy 1 15. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Paul called himself chief of sinners. Do you know why he called himself chief of sinners? Because he was a murderer. He's the one who assisted in killing Stephen and killing many other Christians. He organized their death. But Jesus appeared to him in Acts chapter 9 and got him saved. Can you imagine? So maybe you have, that's why I mentioned about abortion. If you've done whatever you have done, the Lord likes you. Remember, God shows his love towards us. In that while we were not correct, while we were sinners, while we were not correct, while we were sinners, 
Christ died for us. Jesus died for us when we were not correct. So murderers are included. Maybe you've killed someone physically. You've killed another person. You've killed your brother. You are just coming. You have killed somebody for the ritual. Uh, it's not coming. The money is not coming. Jesus still loves you and wants you to be saved so that you will not do what you did anymore. The fifth group is what? Good people. They are those who are not murderers. They are not into any of those things. They are not slave queens. They are not only fans, whatever, actors. Yes, they are not. You think I don't know? I know. I know things. They are not. They are not hookup, whatever. They are not hookites. They are not what? Boozites. They are not into boozing. They are not into betting. They are not into any of those things. They are very good people. Very, very good people. They have a, a certain kind of righteousness. Very good girls. Very good boys. You take your academics very seriously. Your mother is proud of you. Your father is proud of you. You are very good. You are very wonderful. You are a gentleman. First class student. Even if you are a past student, you are still very good. Do you know what I'm talking about? All these things that people are doing, you are not part. But you have never accepted Jesus Christ or Lord and Pastor Savior. Your goodness will also not lead you to God. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 23. Let me show it to you. I don't want to miss the verse. Matthew chapter 5 verse 20. Look at what Jesus said. He says, for I say to you, if your righteousness is not greater than the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never go into the kingdom of heaven. So you can be good. But if your goodness and your righteousness and your good character and all of that does not go beyond that of the Pharisees and the scribes. Now, Paul said, Paul called himself a chief of Pharisees. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. Now, what the Pharisees used to do was that they used to keep all the Ten Commandments. Every single thing. Yes. And Jesus says that if your righteousness, if you can't do what they did, you cannot enter into the kingdom. And he, he didn't say if you can't do it. He says if your own does not exceed their own, you cannot. So you can be very good. Maybe you are very good. All that I'm saying, Jesus came to die for scammers, whatever. Oh, I'm not a scammer. I'm not a slave. I'm not a slave queen. You are even judging. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm. You too, Jesus came to die for you. Especially you. You do things that you are very good. You are, you are very good. You don't need Jesus for anything because you're handling yourself. You're a virgin. 100% virgin. Now we have 50% virgins, 25% virgins, 1.5 virgins. I mean, they're all there. Yes, we have all types. We have to be very specific. 100% virgin. 100% good boy. You've never stolen anything in your life. You've never smoked in your life. You've never boozed in your life. You've never done any of those things. Jesus has to tell you that except your righteousness goes beyond that of the Pharisees and the scribes who kept all the Ten Commandments. Actually, there were 610. These guys tried to keep every single one of them. 610 laws. If your righteousness does not go beyond this, he says you cannot. There was a man in the Bible called Cornelius. Very good man. Go to um, Acts chapter 10. Now, there was a certain man in Caesarea named Cornelius, the captain of the Italian band of the army. A serious-minded man. 
So as I'm told, you're a serious-minded man, serious-minded woman, all these things, you want to achieve your goals. You want to be one of the wealthiest men in the world. You set your goals and you achieve it. You hate nonsense. You are hardworking. You are, you are a no-nonsense person. You are, you are like Cornelius. A serious-minded man, fearing God. This guy even feared God with all, he, with all his family. And he gave much to the poor. You can be doing all these things. Feared God. Gave, I mean, you know that God exists. You, you have knowledge that God exists. That's what you know. And you, you, because God exists, you don't want to do some things. He gave much money to the poor. So you also give. And then he says, and he made prayer to God all, at all times. This guy was talking to God all the time. But he was not born again. Look at the next verse. He saw in a vision clearly at the, about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of the Lord coming to him, saying to him, Cornelius. And he, he, even angels were coming to him. He's even seeing visions. Very wild guy. You can be seeing visions and not be born again. I'm not the one saying in the Bible. And he looking on him in fear said, What is the Lord? And he said unto him, Your prayers and your offerings have come up to God, and he has kept them in mind. Now send men to Joppa and get one Simon named Peter. For what purpose? Who is living with Simon, a leather, a leather worker whose house is by the sea? What did he send him for? Go to chapter 11, verse 13. And he gave, this is Peter now relating the story, okay? He says, and he gave us an account of how he had seen the angel in his house, saying, send to Joppa and get Simon named Peter to come to you. Who will say words to you through which you and all your family may get salvation? He will say words to you and your family through which you shall, you and your family shall get salvation. And the guy got born again when Peter came to his house and preached to him. And he led him to Christ. So it can be very good. But your goodness is not good enough before God. This guy was doing all these nice things. But God said, it is not good enough. There's nothing good. You can do all the, You can be into philanthropy. It's like, oh, if I become rich, I'll give to these people and whatever. You can be the greatest philanthropist in the world. If you don't accept Jesus Christ, who is the gift of God and God's love to us? You'll be shocked. This guy was a philanthropist. Very good man. Very good man. Morally upright. Everything was okay. But God sent to tell him that you need salvation. If you don't get born again, you will not make it. I like you, but if you don't get born again, you can't come to me. God likes you that you are good, but you need to be saved. Israel is good. There are a lot of good people in Israel. Romans chapter 10 verse 1. Look at Romans 10 verse 1. Look at this. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer, my prayer to God for them, that is the Israelites, is that they may get salvation. Since I'm praying for them to be saved. Why? Next verse. For I give witness of them that they have a strong desire of God. So maybe you have a strong desire of God. He says, but not with knowledge. Not with the right knowledge. Not with the right knowledge. You can be here, you're a Muslim. You love God. You love the God you know. You're a good, upright Muslim. But you don't have, you don't have the right knowledge. You don't have the right knowledge. He says, because not having God's knowledge of God's righteousness... And desiring to give effect to their righteousness, they have not put themselves under the righteousness of God. They don't know the knowledge of God's righteousness. Yes. Yes. There's a knowledge of God's righteousness. 
That righteousness is by faith in Jesus Christ. It is because not having knowledge of God's righteousness and desiring to give effect to their righteousness, they have not put themselves under the righteousness of God. Next, verse 4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who has faith in him. He's the end of all righteousness. So your, right, your natural righteousness. Paul said that I may, not, I may be found in him having, not having my own righteousness. You shouldn't have your own righteousness. Your own goodness. It is the goodness and the righteousness of Jesus Christ that counts. So today, God is calling all kinds of people. He's calling all sinners. All slave queens. All scammers. All thieves. All adulterers. All good people. All Muslims. All Hindu, Hindus. You may be a Hindu. A Hindu whatever you believe. In, in, in Hinduism, you believe in, it's, it's a knowledge, but it's not the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And it's not good enough. It's not good enough. Your goodness is not good enough. Hallelujah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Nicodemus needed to be saved. He's a good man, good Pharisee. But he came to Jesus at night in John chapter 3. And Jesus told him, except you be born again. You cannot. Except you be born again. You cannot enter. Jesus answered and said unto him. Verily, verily, I say unto you, verse 3. Except a man be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. The only thing that qualifies you is to be born again. How do you, be born, how do you get born again? Romans chapter 10. Verse 9 and verse 10. He says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. And shall believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. If you believe with your heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, you shall be saved. And if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord of your life, you shall be saved. For whosoever calleth upon the Lord shall be saved. Go to verse 12. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all who call upon him. Verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever calls upon the name of Jesus Christ shall be saved. This morning, I want to stretch my hands out to you to help you. God has sent me to you. God is the one who has organized all this for you just because of you. Just because of you. So that you give your life to Christ. So that you start a new journey. So that you open your door, the door of your heart to Jesus. You open the door of your heart to Jesus. With every eye closed, I want to ask you, To take a decision for Jesus today. He's knocking on the door of your hands this morning. All the things that have been said. Is so that you. So that you will be, will be born again. So that you will give your life to Christ. Maybe you are good. You are wonderful. But you are not born again. Jesus is calling you. Jesus is calling you. Jesus is calling you. Maybe you're a scammer. You're a slave queen. Jesus died for you. Come to Jesus right now. If you want to give your life to Christ, I want you to lift your hand right now. Wherever you are. Just let your hand go up. Wherever you are. I can see your hand. 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 Thank you for being bold. Don't look at your friend. Don't look at your brother. Don't look at who, who brought you. 
It's an individual thing. It's between you and Jesus. It has nothing to do with anybody. If your hand is lifted, I want you to come right now. Come to me. Come to me in the front. I want to lead you to Christ. Come to me in the front. With every eye closed. Just come. 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 Don't let anyone or anything prevent you. God is letting you know how much he loves you. Today is your day. He says that if you will call upon him today, he will save you. He will save you. He will save you. He will save you. Come to him now. Come to him now. Come. 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 Jesus is calling you. Maybe you're a child and you think that... Jesus is the end. Maybe you're a child here and you think that, oh, I'm a child. I don't know anything. You know a lot. God is calling you. Everybody, come. Come to him. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus right now. I feel there are one or two people in there who should come. 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 Yes, come. Don't let anyone prevent you. Don't let anything or anyone prevent you. You know yourself. It's between you and God. God is calling you. Jesus is calling you. Jesus is calling you. Jesus is calling you. Don't think that you'll get another opportunity. Maybe this is the last opportunity that Jesus is giving to you. The train is leaving. The plane is leaving. Maybe the opportunity will never come to you again. Come. 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 Yes. Come. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Today is your day. Today is your day. Today is your day. Today is your day. Yes. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Jesus is the way. If you believe with your hearts that Jesus is the Son of God and that he died on the cross of Calvary, that on the third day he rose again for you, then you can say what I'm going to say after me. He says, if you believe with your heart and you say it with your mouth, you shall be saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want you to say these words after me. I want to lead you in this prayer. For those of you who are in front, Say these words after me. Pray this prayer after me. Meaning it from your heart. It's what you mean from your heart that makes a difference. For out of the heart proceeds all the things that needs to come out of you. Say these words after me. Thank you, God. I want you to say it loudly. Thank you, God, for sending your son, Jesus Christ, as a proof of your love for me. Today, I receive Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that Jesus died on the cross of Calvary and was buried. And I believe that on the third day, you raised him from the dead for me to be born again. Thank you, Father, that I'm born again today. I receive eternal life into my heart. From today, I am your child because of what you have said in your word. I believe with my heart and I've spoken with my mouth. Devil, you have no place in my life. 
I am for God now. I've been taken from darkness into life. I am for Jesus. I am for God all the days of my life. Thank you, Father, for saving me and for making me your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. What a blessing. Congratulations. Are you clapping? Are you celebrating God? Wow. Thank you for accepting Jesus. Thank you for accepting the love that God has expressed to you. Thank you for not closing the door. Thank you for opening the door. God bless you. Like we said, you are now newborn. We need to take care of you. We need to help you. Someone helped me. I had a Sunday school teacher. When I got born again, I had Sunday school teachers who helped me. That's why I'm preaching now. I, was, I would have been lost a long time ago. Even though I was born again, I was still fooling around. So you need someone to help you. And God has given you a new church to help you or a new group to help you. Keep clapping, keep clapping, keep clapping, keep clapping. There's joy over one soul. These are about 20 people. There's 20 joys in heaven. 20 joys in heaven. The father is jumping on his throne. The father is jumping on his throne. The father is jumping on his throne. Give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Now, maybe you are here. You are born again, but you are not serious with God. I feel like I should pray for you. I want to pray for you if you feel that you want to recommit to the Lord. You want to recommit your life. Yes. You are out of the way. I mean, clearly you know. As I was preaching, you know that, I mean, very soon something may just happen to you. Because you are just on the edge. You are just on the ledge. Yes. And one push, that'll be it. That one push will end your life. You are here like that. You are born. You've done this before. You've received Christ before. I want to pray for you. Paul said that for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. Come, come quickly. Come and let me pray for you. I just want to pray for you. Others have prayed for me. That's why I'm standing. I want to pray for you so that you can also stand. You can also stand strong for the Lord. Come, come, come from wherever you are. Come from wherever you are. Come, 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 come. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I just want to pray for you. You want to recommit to the Lord? You want to recommit to the Lord? You want to dedicate your life once again? Consecrate yourself to the Lord. Come, 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 come. Keep coming, keep coming. Keep coming, keep coming. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. I surrender I want you to lift up your hands. 
Lift up your hands. I just want to pray for you. Jesus said to Peter, Simon, Simon, son of Jonah, Satan has desired to have you that he might sit you as wheat. But I've prayed for you that your faith fail not. I want to pray for you that your faith will not fail. I want to pray for you that the Lord will kickstart a new beginning in your heart. Yes. I want to pray that the Lord will anoint you with fresh oil to be able to stand for God and live the way he has designed for you to live. Father, I pray for your children. I pray for your children. Give everyone a thirst for your word. Let the worldliness vanish completely. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Yes, let the worldliness vanish. Give a new heart, a new beginning to your children. Yes, let this be the beginning of newness in their lives, Lord. Let your Holy Spirit himself take absolute control over every single life here. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Let that sin that so easily besets us and keeps us falling to the ground vanish completely in our lives. I pray that even as your sons and your daughters have come in front to consecrate their lives to you, you have seen it in the heavens. And thank you that you are choosing them to do what you have designed in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you that they will not fail. They will stand strong in the name of the Lord Jesus. The Lord says you will not fail. You will stand strong. You will stand strong. You will stand strong. The Lord is strengthening you. The Lord is strengthening you. The Lord is strengthening you right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, thank you for strengthening everyone. Jesus is walking amongst you and is stepping on your legs right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Strengthening you. Establishing you. Stepping on your legs to establish you right now. That's what Jesus is doing. Thank you, Father, for establishment, for changes, for newness, for changes, for newness in your children's lives. Thank you for productivity. Thank you that this marks the beginning of a new phase. A new phase of joy, of strength, of establishment, of faith, of wisdom, of renewal, of grace and wisdom in your children's lives. I'm grateful, Lord, for what you have done in your children's lives. Even in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Congratulations. Let's give our brothers and sisters a big round of applause. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.